0: Hey y'all and welcome into another edition of the NOLCast. This is Bud Elliott here, your host, and I am flying solo on this one as Ingram returns from Europe. We will be uh, reunited probably for our uh, Thursday show. Uh, so for tonight, you get uh, me and just me, and hopefully you have some Louisiana hot sauce to go with it because that's our presenting sponsor of the NOLCast. Very excited to have them. And uh, three main topics tonight, Dr. Francois. Final recruiting weekend, junior day, shortly after dinner here, and this will likely be out either uh, um, Monday night or Tuesday morning. So <clears throat> a little bit tired, but did want to text all my sources and make sure that uh, that my info was good as I come back from Costa Rica. So uh, we'll open up with DeAndre Francois. DeAndre Francois is no longer a member of the Florida State football team. Um, There was a uh, Instagram video posted by his, uh, uh, someone with whom at least at one point he had uh, some sort of relationship, and uh, that was then, I guess, removed, and then um, Francois was removed from the team. I'm not going to get into the whole video thing because I I don't know the specifics there of what did or did not happen. Uh, I'm... That's just, to me, that's sort of beside the point. Uh, But the point here, the main one, is that Francois is gone. A lot of y'all have tweeted that the account, hey, you guys called it, blah, blah, blah. I I don't really think that we did, uh, personally, simply because I did not see it happening in this way. I expected him to actually graduate and transfer out in a grad transfer style. Um, But uh, here... That has not happened, as we know, he did not get the credits to graduate and transfer out. He was going to stay one more semester, and now uh, that is not going to happen. He's not going to go through the spring semester with the Florida State football team, and uh, I think this is probably uh, the right move, to be honest, especially a- after uh, what was posted. Whether or not it was true, it's yet another bad look for Francois, another em- moment of embarrassment uh, that he's brought on the program, and uh, you know I. I think it could have been done earlier, certainly, but you look at this, I do think the team is going to get better culturally without Francois. I do not think he was a person who added positive culture to Florida State. In fact, I think he detracted from it uh, quite often. So I know Ingram has a lot of thoughts on this. We will have a a greater discussion of this on our next episode, Uh, but I think this could be a teaching point, right? I think it really can for Willie Taggart. I think he can learn something from it himself certainly coaches a lot of times feel like they can save kids and and we know that that taggart gave francois clean slate which i don't fault him for and at least several chances which i think i do fault him for uh some but you know honestly this can also be a lesson of of who you hang out with and who you don't hang out with and how things can come back to burn you whether or not they're taken in context or out of context. Francois, plenty of chances at Florida State. I think this is the right move. Hopefully everybody involved in this can learn and improve and be better going forward. And I think it will help the culture uh, for sure. So I've got a lot of notes scribbled down in this, but, but I'm not, not going to monologue those. I, I want to go ahead and run those uh, by Ingram and, uh, and have a, a greater discussion of that. Later in the week, but uh, right now the only scholarship quarterback who's actually eligible for the fall is James Blackman. Florida State will, uh, in my opinion, add any other quarterback come National Signing Day. Uh, we will have to see if, uh, if Jordan Travis is able to get some sort of waiver, uh, but uh, or perhaps add a, a grad transfer quarterback, most likely for depth purposes here. Uh, I doubt you're going to find somebody who's going to come in and be a starter, and as of now, this is uh, this is Blackman's team. And uh, with that, we should probably talk about a, something that's a little bit more positive, and that is Mattis Social and the For the Table Restaurant Group. Just a, a, a great, very much plugged into the community group of restaurants. All the fun interactions they have with the local community, their ability to do to do bar crawls, their, their ability to do, do social events, trivia nights, on top of excellent food, great drink selection, and a fun atmosphere. Mattis Social, Central. Township, the Four of the Table Restaurant Group, longtime supporters of the Knocast, and uh, very much appreciate that. All right, we will get into it now. Uh, National Signing Day talk. Florida State finishes up their final uh, visit weekend, and uh, they currently sit at 16th in the nation with 20 commitments. I think they can add uh, maybe. Six more guys, if they really want to have a, have a couple of spots where they have to play some defense at. But uh, quickly, just share with you what I got from this weekend of recruiting. I was not up there, so I had to ask some folks. But uh, John Reese Plumley, Mississippi quarterback, out of you know, Southern Mississippi area. We've gone over his strength, his weaknesses. He's a Georgia commit, but but they want to blue shirt him. Nobody expects him to go to Georgia. He's been to Mississippi State. He's been to Ole Miss. He had some interest in Miami. Florida State got the final visit. Now, they did have a a shorter relationship with him. But I was told that he did do a good job of clicking with Kendall Bryles. The offense is a fit. He's also a really good baseball prospect, and, and so he was able to meet with the Florida State baseball coaches. I can tell you that the staff felt like they did a very good job with John Reese Plumley, but I will tell you this, and I, I think he's going to announce either tonight or on Tuesday. They do not think they are getting John Reese Plumley. I think there's a couple reasons for that. The length of the relationship is probably the most important, right? I think the other thing here is, I mean, Ole Miss is is more home than Florida State. This is a Mississippi kid, okay? Ole Miss ha- has a chance. For some early playing time, you know, in, in, in a year or two. Not that Florida State doesn't, Florida State can also certainly sell playing time, but ultimately I I think this comes down to culture and distance. All right. I don't think you're gonna pluck a kid like that out of Mississippi to go to Florida State after you after you went five and seven. I think they're doing a pretty good job of salvaging this class in a lot of areas, but if I had to put money on it. I would put money on Ole Miss and not on Florida State. That's not saying it can't happen, but uh, as far as I know, he did not give any kind of silent. And then Florida State is certainly not not acting like he's coming. I, I think they felt like they took their best shot, but at this point, I I don't think they're going to get Plumlee. Um The kid I do think they're going to get, I'll just I'll just say this is uh, is Lance LeJean, Lance LeJean quarterback who came in two weekends ago. Out of Louisiana, very nice looking prospect. The only real question is going to be grades. Can they get him qualified? Certainly, they think things are moving in the right direction there. But uh, I think Florida State will get a quarterback in this class. And uh, I guess we'll just end up doing predictions here since I'm not going to do n- another show before National Signing Day. I think Lance is in the class. If I had to put money on it, I would put it. I would put it on Lance being in the class. I'm, I'm over fifty percent there. I believe he's more likely than not to be in the class. I really don't think Maryland is, is that serious of a threat. Uh, is Griffin, the running back out of Georgia who had decommitted from NC State, uh, did not make it in. So you can go ahead and take him off your board. However, Florida State still could take a running back in the class. That's Elante Brown. Now, Elante Brown wants to play receiver. Florida State has sold him on sort of a hybrid role play some running back, play some receiver, be a guy that gets the football out of the backfield. He's out of Chicago, Simeon. That's a big-time powerhouse high school. He was a longtime Michigan State commitment when he took the visit to Florida State. Michigan State decided to part ways with him. Uh, the question is, does Florida State want to take want to take a player at that position? How committed are they to actually taking him? I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I, I don't have a clear answer on that. But I think if Florida State really wants him, they can get him. At offensive line, I think things are looking pretty good. I know Florida State feels like they did a really good job recruiting Ira Henry, Kamar Bell, and even though it was a short time, and they did offer him later in the game, Darius Washington, who did decommit from Mississippi State over the weekend, and he's now open. With Henry and Bell, It's a Florida State-Auburn battle. Can Florida State beat Auburn? They need to. They need to get some depth in here with the offensive line. Henry is more of your tackle body, whereas Bell is is certainly more of a guard. I think Washington, uh, if he can't play tackle, he can definitely play guard. But I I think even though he's shorter, he does have longer arms. He, He has a big frame he can grow into. Perhaps he can play tackle I'm on record as saying that I would rather take two than three so you can really sell the heck out of early playing time uh, come the 2020 class, which I know we'll speak about later in this episode. But, look, with offensive line, I'm not going to pitch a fit if Florida State wants to go ahead and take three more high school kids. I still think they should take another junior college or graduate transfer, and I know they're still pursuing a number of those guys as we spoke about in the uh, in the last episode. At receiver, I think they're done. I'm not aware of anybody else they were really recruiting at tight end. And at defensive line, uh, they are pretty much done. The only real thing worth watching there is Quashawn Fuller. Quashawn Fuller, who's been a, a longtime Florida State commit, but has never shied away from speaking about other programs, from visiting other programs, from talking with them. Ultimately, I think the relationship with Odell, with Coach Snyder, and with Coach Woody, the numerous trips he's made up to Tallahassee, accompanied by his mom, I think he and his mom's trust in the staff, right, and the communication between them is what's going to get this done. He did enjoy his visit to Alabama over the weekend. Alabama feels like they made a good impression. But Bama has a real numbers crunch they have to deal with. It's not clear how many spots Alabama is going to have. you know, that, that, that's a nice position to be in, by the way. You know, Quayshawn Fuller is one of the higher-rated kids in FSU's class. And Bama's, I don't know if they're going to have room. We'll see. But I, I, if I had to project, I would project Quayshawn Fuller to be in the class. Um, I guess I'll have to ask myself a question since, since Ingram is not here with the offensive lineman. If I set the number at two and a half, would I go over or would I go under? And I think I would go under because I, I'm not convinced Florida State sweeps all three, but yet it wouldn't be surprising if they did. It, it's something I think is certainly possible here, and we'll have to see how that goes. But they have the early playing time to, to, to sell. They did a good job on those players' visits, especially Henry and Bell, making that impression upon them. Um, distance for those guys is, is is really not a factor, right? I mean, w- w- with with Henry... Auburn and Florida State are, are both pretty equidistant. I I do not think that Indiana is a legitimate threat for any of those prospects. Um, but with Darius Washington, you know, distance really could be something here. This is just down the road from from Pensacola. Um, you know, I mean, that's they, they they just had a a player from you know from Pensacola come and ball out this year as a freshman, at, at least in limited reps, and and also have very nice practices. In number six, Keyshawn. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of feeling Florida State for Darius Washington here as well. And uh, in fact, I, I I put that prediction in today. Uh, at linebacker, Florida State. I, I I mean, as far as I can tell, they're done. They're, they're, they're not gonna get um they're not gonna get Asante. Uh Shimon Cooper never ended up never ended up taking the visit. So it looks like they, they will hold tight. With their three linebacker commitments who I know they like a whole lot and uh, they also have some playing time to sell for next year and and are off to a fantastic start with 2020 uh, linebacker recruiting so uh, good news there and now we come to uh to kind of the final position here in, in in my in my rundown for national signing day and that's defensive back so Travis Jay obviously came. He is sewn up at Florida State, maybe the best player in their class, in my opinion. Just a, a really a special athlete, and uh, I don't want to skip over him simply because he's been committed for so long. He, he is really a, a bedrock of their class, and, and I think he probably has the highest upside of any player um, in their class. But another guy we need to talk about here is, is Jay Ward. Jay Ward, who I, I think right now is probably leaning to Kentucky, it's not clear to me how hard Florida State has pushed for Ward, right? I don't know that they want to go ahead and take him right now with the Nick Cross situation, but I also don't know that they don't. This is kind of up in the air to me. Um, I think it's, it's a bit of a balancing act, whereas Kentucky certainly really, really needs Jay Ward. Florida State has a bunch of defensive backs committed. Kentucky does not, and this is the, the Colbert County defensive back prospect that we're speaking about. Uh, I think if Florida State really turns up the heat, if they wanted to, they probably could get him. But if they don't get him, Jay Ward is not a player, in my opinion, that they're going to be losing sleep over. Uh, but but I do think this is primarily a, a Kentucky-Florida State battle. I I think LSU and A&M are, are out, to be honest. Uh, and then kind of the one I think everybody wants to talk about, Nick Cross. Nick Cross, who I, I nobody feels great about, but in talking to my sources, they said, "Look, he still texts us. He still calls us. He's still on social media, retweeting Knowles stuff and telling other players to go to Florida State." And people have tweeted at our account about how how bored he looked on on his Instagram live. I guess that he did from Penn State. This is Nick Cross, the the safety. Out of, of, uh, of D.C. who has been committed to Florida State for, um, I mean, really since since the end of summer. Um, freakish athlete. Really good player with high upside. Everybody knows the deal. Who listens to the show. I think Nick Cross wants to be at Florida State. I think that's pretty clear by his actions. Uh, Nick Cross's dad, I think, does not want to be at Florida State or would prefer him to be somewhere else. At least that's the word we get. That's what Florida State feels like they're fighting against, uh, and the mom, I'm not entirely sure actually, what their or what, what what her opinion is. So I'm not gonna comment on that. But he he did go ahead and take his unofficial visit to Georgia uh, on like earlier in the weekend, and then ended up at Penn State as scheduled for his official visit. His official visit to Florida State was before the football season. He has a special connection with Florida State's coaching staff. I think if this was up to Nick Cross, he would have been sewn up a long time ago to uh to Florida State, and yet here we are. So I can tell you that Florida State is not confident that he's coming. But I will say I will tell you just in chatting with my sources, they are more confident today than they were heading into the weekend. Because look, Nick Cross, Florida State got through the weekend without him flipping to Penn State. So maybe there's some light at the end of this tunnel. I don't know. Maybe he can convince his parents for the second time, because this is basically the conversation I think that had to be had after he silently committed to Florida State on his visit over the summer, and yet that news didn't come out for days and days, and we we're just waiting and waiting and waiting for Nick to put it out. And you know, you'd check back with your guys in the program and be like, hey, it you sure this kid committed to y'all? Because, like, you figure it would be up by now. And they said, yeah, yeah, bud, you know, he's he's committed. Just just wait, just watch. There's some stuff that's got to be worked through. Maybe for the second time in about a half a year, Nick Cross can again convince his parents that Florida State is the place to be, that, that the difference in academics uh, is more about what you make of it, of your opportunity in academics, than it is about some academic ranking uh, which was under an old coaching staff anyhow. I mean, Penn State's a good school. It's not like Nick Cross is choosing between Harvard and Florida State, as as perhaps some uh, in his family might believe. So I guess that's good good news on, on Nick Cross. I, I, nobody in this really thinks that Georgia has a real shot. So Florida State-Penn State battle, and Florida State is feeling better today than they were entering the weekend. But uh, I don't think anybody – is supremely confident on either side. So that would mean that Florida State, according to my predictions, picks up the quarterback in Lance. I guess I'm going to go ahead and say they keep Nick Cross, but but I, I think you all understand my feelings on this. Like, I don't know who's going to win out between him and his parents. I, I don't know any anybody really can tell you that they have 100% certainty what's going to happen there. I think most of us are are probably flipping coins and in this business you hunt for information, right? You talk to people on coaching staff, you talk to people within the program, you talk to the prospects, you talk to the parents, you talk to the high school coaches and you make your best guess. Well, I think clearly here the interests and the wants are are different between player and and parent. And certainly one school is probably hearing from the parent and one school is probably hearing more from the player. It doesn't mean the school hearing from the parent is not also hearing from the player. It just depends on what is being said to that school. So, I guess I'll go ahead and say, say they keep Nick Cross, but I I really don't know on that. They keep Travis J. I think they they can get two or three, if not three or three, of the offensive linemen. I mean I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I think it's it's possible. And they have they have a pretty good close after going five and seven on a year. And that was you know, obviously a pretty disappointing season. All right, so if Florida State is able to do that, they're able, able to add those prospects. They'd end up with 24, 25 guys in their class. They'd, they'd get sort of near that 260 point number uh, in the two four seven rankings, which is generally good. You know, for a class kind of in the like 12 to 16 range. Is that a great class? No. Is that, is that a class that's going to help you win a national championship? No. Florida State is really far away from that right now, though, as a roster and as a program, especially up front with the offensive lines. So you're getting some new bodies in there. You're hoping to be able to get back to eight wins, including a bowl. Maybe, maybe you find some way to, to win nine games, including a bowl, and kind of jumpstart this thing. We'll have to see. Uh, but uh, I think. You know, you, you hate to say say the whole they're meeting the needs thing, because to me that that's usually a cop out. You got to meet the needs with talent. I think they're meeting their needs numerically in this class. If it goes down as a, as I expect, um, are they meeting the needs with talent? I think in some spots they definitely are. In some spots, I, as I said after the early signing period, I think there's a little bit of filler there, some guys who I'm not convinced are that greatest players, and some guys that personally I might not have taken. Uh, however, I will say that that I don't think the staff is blowing smoke when it talks about you know the need to flip the culture and and the need to bring in different voices and different guys and and really different locker room type kids and and get get some people in here who are you know just I mean honestly like like care about football and care about each other and and, and are not just so self-centered and I think really you can look back, the, the final couple recruiting classes under Jimbo, it really wasn't very good as far as the, the personalities of the kids. And and I don't think they were necessarily like bad kids from the start, or I'm not sure they're all bad kids now. I don't really want to use the word bad. But like bad teammates? Yeah, and I think part of that is, is allowing that to occur, right? As a staff, you, you can't allow that to occur. You have to foster a winning culture. You have to make people accountable to each other. And it's clear that Florida State's roster needs more of that. I do think you have a good bit of that in this class. I think you got a lot of guys who are are alpha type leader types and, and who aren't going to let some of that stuff go unchecked. Who knows? Maybe if you find a way to keep Nick Cross. Maybe if you find a way to get Plumlee. Again, I don't expect Plumlee to come. If I had to put money on it, I would put it on Ole Miss. But maybe you find a way. And if that happens, then Florida State's class moves up even a little bit more in the rankings. Like I said, we'll see what they do with an Alante Brown. We'll see what they do with with Jay Ward. Uh, but uh, you know, what's really certain is that if you go to eight, if you call eight four four FSU Loan or you go to FSUHOMELOANS.COM and you get hooked you get hooked up with our partners Resolution Home Loans, you are going to have a great home loan experience. Awesome customer service, competitive rates. Shannon Young wants to take care of you. Chad hooked us up with, 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 with this program for Resolution a long time ago. We now have, I think, 15 or 16 NOLCAST listeners who have gotten loans from them, just sent out another round of T-shirts, and I uh, hope you all got those and re- really enjoyed them. Obviously, you don't get a loan for a T-shirt, but you do get a T-shirt if you get a loan. So that, that's how that works. 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHOMELOANS.COM. We'll get you hooked up with the Resolution Home Loans, and uh, they will help build your future. Speaking of build your future, uh, Junior Day was this weekend, and uh, by all accounts, this went great. Florida State was really pleased with who they got up. They got some South Florida kids to come up, even though the Under Armour event was the next day. And they got got a couple kids out of this class who we've spoken about on this very podcast. So I feel like NOLCAST listeners knew... Uh, and I, on our Twitter account, I posted a quick little like 90 second clip of myself talking about Jeff Sims, the quarterback out of Jacksonville Sandalwood, who did commit to Florida State. Look, I'm higher on this kid than than everybody else is, I guess. But I'm okay with being there. I I, I don't mind being being out on a limb for a kid who doesn't have a star ranking yet, or at least at, at last check. I, I don't know. Did, did they rank him over the weekend? Jeff Sims. Let's see. Sometimes when a kid commits, uh, they will go ahead and rank him. Um, simply because it, it's all right. He's got uh, he's got three stars now, three stars. I, I don't I don't know when when was he ranked. Let's see. Can we pull this up? Rank. If you click on rank history, should be able to tell me. It uh, looks like he was ranked today for the first time ever. So ranked on uh, on the fourth. All right, um, Jeff Sims. If you didn't listen to the last show, uh, here's kind of the quick synopsis. Good athlete, not like a Lamar Jackson type athlete, but a good athlete. 6'3", legitimate. I mean, he's not he's not one of these six three guys that's going to measure in six and a quarter. You know, it, it maybe six two and three quarter, but but he we're going to call him a legitimate six three. One hundred ninety five pounds, the frame to be. A solid 210, 215 in time. He's not built like James Blackman. Um, he, he's 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 not quite that wiry, although he is a little bit, a little bit wiry. He's got good ball placement. You watch him in seven on. You watch his clips now. He a lot. He does not throw a lot of, you know, really difficult like pro style passes, but the ones he does throw are good. He clearly has more development to go. He's not a guy that's going to step in and be a dominant starter. As a true freshman, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that he's a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or uh, you know, J. C. Daniels-level prospect. I don't think he is, but he I think he's a, a damn good football player who's going to continue to get better. He can threaten defenses with both his arms and his legs. Arm and legs, not arms and legs. He, he doesn't throw with, with both hands. Uh, but right now, he's listed as the number 33 pro-style quarterback in the nation, and um, just not buying that you know I, I just not I, I think he will finish as, as a four-star player uh, for sure just you know just seeing him kind of got to trust me on this stuff it's very early in the rankings and as, as we just saw today uh, he, he just now got a star ranking so he's been picking up offers this spring uh, Tennessee offered him uh, he, he, you know, he visited Georgia recently Virginia Tech offered, Penn State offered, Georgia offered, all in the last uh, last three weeks. So Florida State offers on January 25th, and uh, I think this says something for sure about uh, about Jeff and how much he likes Florida State. He commits a week later. They offer on the 25th. He commits on the 2nd. I This is sort of nebulous and, and hard to quantify, but... If you've heard me talk about this before, then you'll understand what I'm saying. You know, Sam Howell was not a guy who was really like actively recruiting openly other players, right? He wasn't. He was kind of quiet, kind of reserved. That's not to say that he never texted other players and tried to recruit in Florida State at all. That's not what I'm saying. But Jeff Sims is very publicly out there, pro Florida State, likes Florida State. Actually, it if you're a Florida State fan, it's got to feel good. To have a, a high-quality quarterback who, by all accounts, seems like a really hard worker and a good kid. I mean, just from, from here and from people who know the guy. Who's out there, like, actively representing Florida State and actually trying to recruit other players to Florida State. And, and I can't tell you how big it is to have a high-quality kid, both in terms of talent and in terms of personality, out there forward-facing saying, hey... These dudes just went five and seven, and yet I shut my stuff down early because I believe. All right, come follow me. You know I can ball. You know you trust me. Come follow me to Florida State. That's big. That is really really big, and, and he got he got the visit early uh, also, early early January from Daninos. But I mean Jeff is out here on Twitter. You know he's. He's retweeting guys who, who get their Florida State offers. He, he's reaching out to him. You, you you can look at the people who he's recently followed. I think he's a very good fit for Florida State's offense as well. I mean, just just personally, I mean, look, look at the guys who he's who he's following. Right, five star athlete, four star athlete, four star linebacker who, who's going to be really good in J. N. McCluster. This is a lot of a lot of big time guys he's followed just recently. And the reason he's following him is he's trying to recruit him. It, it, it is an advantage to have a kid like that. And that doesn't mean you're going to get every single kid. You're not. But Florida State's 2020 class, it, if they can win eight games on the field, in my opinion, is going to be a lot better than their 2019 class. I just think it is. I like a lot of the kids they have in this class. And, and I, I, just, I think they're more talented. I think they're more dynamic than the kids that they have. In her 2019 class. Now it's a long way away from signing day 2020. I mean, this is the, the signing day 2019 preview episode. But you know, Keyshawn Green related to Nigel Bradham, big time hitter, excellent athlete, six foot three linebacker. You know, Jadarius McKnight's a good player. Demory Tate is, I mean, thinks he wants to be in the Olympics in track and field as well. Isaiah Dunson, the the the, the corner out of Georgia. Really nice player. You know, this is a, a class that is looking, if they can keep this together, it's really looking good. And I do think having a quarterback there, you know, who, who can who can fire up the group text and, and who can be an organizer, leader of your class and be a dynamic personality. Because, look, I, I like Keyshawn Green. Keyshawn's a little more quiet, a little more reserved. It doesn't mean and he's a little shy, right? Like, I know he loves Florida State, and, and he will be out there recruiting for you. But But I do think having a quarterback do it, it can be different. There's no doubt. Additionally, you know Jeff Sim, he plays on Pro Impact, which is one of the best seven-on teams in the state. It's out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville's an area that Florida State doesn't always recruit that well. Jeff's going to be seeing all these guys in Jacksonville recruiting. He's also going to be seeing guys from South Florida in these seven-on tournaments and guys from Orlando, and chatting them up and saying, "Hey, Florida State's the place to be this weekend. You guys got to come up and check out Florida State. Come on, let's let's go up there." Let's go up to another Junior Day. Let's go to the Spring Game. Let's go to Saturday Night Lights. All these things, it can help. I know some people are skeptical that, that they took Jeff Sims when they did. I'm here for it. I think it was a smart take. I think it's a good take. And, I, I I mean, I've criticized this staff in the past for waiting too long to offer certain kids. I like that they offered Jeff Sims early, got on him, and got the guy who they liked. So... Anyway, uh, they also got Stephen Dix, Stephen Dix Jr., a big-time linebacker out of Orlando. Uh, I actually spoke about this kid. I think it was in like the episode before Christmas. If you go back and listen, I had just gone to the Florida Twenty Twenty Legends game. The, the Legends Showcase is an, a showcase every year for guys who've just completed their their uh, junior season. It's actually in pads. It's an All-Star game. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, but, uh, but but but. Steven Dix is a very active linebacker, but he's physical, man. I, I saw him as a sophomore. I didn't realize he got this big. And, of course, your kids do grow um, and mature. But we were taking photos of him in, in, in their jerseys, and he's got his sleeves rolled up, and this dude is jacked. I was like, oh, okay, noted. Uh, Steven Dix, uh, you have, uh, you're much larger than you used to be. So, uh, anyway, a, another nice get for Florida State. Uh, Florida State's class right now for 2020. Keyshawn Green, I an mean, elite-level linebacker, big-time player. Jadarius McKnight, nice athlete. I think he's probably a safety, most likely. Damari Tate, elite corner with size. Isaiah Dunson, elite corner with size. Steven Dix, Jr., very nice linebacker. And Jeff Stemp. So the three travel spots for Florida State recently have been, what, quarterback, because good Lord have they had some some uh, some tough time, tough go of it at quarterback since Jameis left. Linebacker and offensive line. Now, I don't see any offensive line in this class so far, but Florida State did do a good job of getting offensive linemen up this weekend, and I know they'll have another batch coming up at the next junior day, so maybe they can actually get some commits out of there. We saw the Evan Webster kid who I, I put a, a, a gif out on, on the NOLCAST Twitter account of him being physical. He's, he's from, uh, from from Hardy County in, in Wachula. He he came up, um, you know Zane Herring, and also a nice job with, with receivers. Certainly, this is going to be a big year for Forest State and receivers because they only took one, or maybe you can say .5 receivers because I'm not really sure what Gouldsby's is going to play. Uh, Maurice Goolsby, their 2019 kid, whom they took, but you know getting getting Bryce Gowdy up, getting Brian Robinson up, those are our big time names. You want to hear another big-time name, by the way? Fred Davis. Fred Davis, who I I don't know that he's even been to Florida State before. Fred Davis, five-star corner from Jacksonville, shows up. If I had to give you three guesses on what pro, what uh, what team in Seven-On Fred Davis plays on, and the first two guesses don't count, you better be guessing Pro Impact, because that's right, he plays for Pro Impact, which is Jeff's Seven-On team. That's a loaded group right there. Big time, I I, I just, I, I see the plan that they're trying to do here. And I think they have a chance to have a much better 2020 class than they did a 2019 class. They, they also got McKinley Jackson up. Five-star type, I don't know if he's a five-star, or four-star, but, but he, he's up there. He's one of the best in the nation. Defensive tackle for Mississippi. Are they actually going to pull a five-star D tackle out of Mississippi who's not related to somebody on staff? Again, I doubt it, but... It's good they've got this kid on campus now a couple times. I mean, you're going to be in the conversation, I think, especially if you can have a decent year on the field. They got they got Jay McCluster up, another elite linebacker. We said he was coming out of Largo, uh, Jonathan Odom, the tight end. Man, they they did a good job with this junior day. I'm I'm kind of impressed, actually. This is a little bit better than I thought it was gonna be. Just looking at the names and 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 seeing the kids who tweeted and and, and who dropped the uh, dropped the pin about being there. Pretty impressed. So, I know we'll talk a little more about about the junior day and about 2020 recruiting following uh, national signing day. But for now, if you enjoy the show, you know five stars on iTunes are always appreciated. And we will be back to our more normal format, which is just not me monologuing and being all over the place. Uh, later this week when Ingram uh, gets back. From Europe. So uh, appreciate all the listens and let's see if Florida State can secure a top 15 class, which look is not the standard, but uh, five and seven is also not the standard. And uh, when you go five and seven, you do kind of got to hit some needs. We'll see if Florida State can do that come National Signing Day.